What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today, it's truly a full circle episode. Jenna and I share a story of how we met this amazing guest, but we had Nicole, who is the founder of 88 Acres, one of our truly favorite products, like easy, easy to just preference as as that. Um, And also, I mean, Nicole shared her story today, which we didn't even tell you what 88 Acres is. So let me like backtrack for a second. It is a brand that is free of the top nine allergens. Now I say nine, top eight is probably what you're used to hearing, but sesame is kind of like that wishy-washy one that wasn't part of the top eight, but so many people, including myself, are allergic to it. So their products are also free of sesame, which Nicole will share why in this episode as well. But we talked to Nicole about her story, about how 88 Acres came to be, about why she created an allergy-friendly brand. We share how we met her many moons ago um, and just what the products really mean to us as well, which is so exciting. And I really did love this episode because I, I've always known that you've had food allergies, but I feel like I've just been so fortunate because like no one in my direct family has them. My husband, Luke doesn't have them. Like, you know, we don't have kiddos yet. So we don't have that. Like when you're not exposed to it, you're just not thinking about it. And so it was, it's really was a grounding episode. And I feel like was really helpful for even people. If you have a loved one that has an allergy, not just you yourself. Um, And it makes me want to go back to like our grocery store days and be like, Jenna, how can I support you? Because I didn't know how stressful food allergies were. I feel like until this episode. So it's an amazing episode for so many different reasons and make sure halfway through you guys will hear a code um, for a discount off the 88 acres product. So make sure to definitely get your pen and paper ready, pull out your phone because their products are freaking delicious. Whether you have an allergy or not, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Absolutely to that piece too. And thank you. And also for this episode, it's right before the holidays or right really in the middle of the holiday season. And it's just something to be more cognizant of if you are gathering with friends that maybe you don't know about their allergy history being a little bit more aware, I think is always a good thing. And listen, you can sub in some of these products in some of your desserts or pies or whatever it is, or pro- any of the meals that you're making. Um, and maybe wow the crowd with something new. So enjoy. We are so excited to have the founder and owner of 88 Acres. 
here with us today, Nicole. And for those of you that don't know what 88 Acres is, you will learn all about it in this episode. Um, I am currently snacking on their seed NOLA right now. It is absolutely delicious. And I wanted to start this episode off by just kind of pulling in full circle of how Sam and I know 88 Acres. And so Sam and I, most of you know this already, used to work for a grocery chain in New Jersey before she left me and it was the worst day of my life. Um, and moved to Florida. But we hosted, or not hosted, we had the opportunity to participate and be the first team, dietitian team for this grocery chain to participate in this enormous allergy-free festival every year in New Jersey. And we think it was in Pattern. It was right by a giant stadium or old giant stadium. It was a huge expo, like 700 plus vendors. And Sam and I and our team of dietitians had a huge booth and 88 acres was like right next to us when you guys, this was probably close to like eight years ago now. If not yeah. right around that time, you guys were newer. Um, and I remember us sampling all of your products and we were so excited and they were delicious. And I personally, this is kind of speaking, have food allergies. And it was like so exciting for me to meet you guys and to just meet this new line of products. And then now eight years later, whatever it actually is, you're here today on our podcast to share your brand with all of us listening. So exciting. Ah, I love <laughs> those stories they give me chills because it's like you know we met each other way back when and uh and now here we are all like years later um reconnecting it's so great full circle and so we would just love if you could share a little bit more about yourself and the brand itself and how it came to be with our listeners sure yeah i am if you asked me 10 years ago uh if i was going to start a food company i probably would Um, food has always been my hobby. Um, I worked in finance for 10 years before starting 88 Acres. And um, it wasn't until I met my husband in 2010, my now husband, um, we uh, met the old fashioned way on match.com back when that was like the only way to meet people online, um, which makes us sound like dinosaurs. But uh, we went out, you know, we had been out a few times before and on our fourth date, we went out for dinner and his meal was accidentally cross-contaminated with nuts. So he's definitely allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. And it was like this little fact that he had shared with me, um, maybe on the first date that I just kind of stored as like an interesting tidbit in the back of my head. And, um, literally one bite into dinner, he was like, Hey, I don't want you to panic or anything, but um, my throat is closing and you need to get me to the ER now. Um, So that was my trial by fire to food allergies. Um, I don't have any food allergies and I grew up in central Massachusetts on an 88 acre farm where like my love affair with food began. Um, My family grew our own food. We raised our own animals. Like um, we always had this really deep connection to food. Um, And when I met Rob, I realized that he had to treat food as a potential minefield. Um, So that night I got in my car and we did like a hundred miles an hour down Comab in Boston, racing to get him to Beth Israel emergency room um, where I met his mom and dad for the first time. And it's a really great way to meet your future in-laws because all the attention is, was focused on him. um, And I got to be like, the person who saved their son that night. So I think I scored some extra brownie points for his parents for sure. 
Um, but that really, that whole incident kind of sparked us on this journey that we're on today. Um, I'll never forget, you know, the next day I did a bunch of research on what I could safely feed him and what other, you know, what were the safe brands that were out there. And I went to Whole Foods and I got like the two total things that were on the shelf for him. And I brought them back and I'll like never forget the look on his face. He was so disappointed. Um, and I was, I here I thought he was going to be like, wow, thanks. Like, this is so exciting. And, and I was like, what's wrong? And, um, and he just, it made him feel like he was at the nut free table in elementary school all over again. Um, and that was the big aha moment for us of like, I truly believe that food is like the ultimate community builder. Um, and Rob really wanted the opportunity to celebrate food the way that everybody else celebrates it. And he just doesn't want to feel like he's eating like sick food or special food. And now that we have two kids who have food allergies, we see how important this is as well. Like our son wants to share his food with other people and we want him to be able to celebrate food. And so we really wanted to, to build 88 acres into this like inclusive, empowering brand where we're creating foods that if you have a food allergy, that's one of the top nine, you can rest assured that they'll always be manufactured in the safest way possible. Um, but let's, let's make delicious, nutritious food, um, that really celebrates like these amazing ingredients, um, that also just happen to be safe. Your story is amazing, first of all. <laughs> Just hearing that and that exposure to your first food allergy, like trauma with your husband. Um, but I know Jenna's thinking what I'm thinking because we have this telepathic nature of just the way that you talk about food and talk about it as a celebration and almost like a love language is so cool. And I'm like you, I'm very fortunate that I don't have food allergies and and I never realized like how lucky I was for that. And, and just hearing how your, you know, your husband, it was a really hard part of his childhood and, and how for you, it was, you know, food was love and it was easy. And, um, you know, with intuitive eating, we help people make peace with food. And we so often get asked all the time, like, well, with intuitive eating, like I have allergies with food. Can I do intuitive eating? And absolutely, right? Food preferences and, and allergies are not, it's not like we just discard them. We're like, no, you have to eat, you know, tree nuts if you're yeah. allergic to them. <laughs> so um, we're just so excited to have this conversation with you. And it's all coming back to me now, Jenna, that at that expo, I will never, I, it literally just hit me. I remember I was working it and you were like bopping around, checking some of the vendors out and you came back like, oh my God, I just found this brand and you were like shoveling their products in because you're like, I can eat them. And like, again, me being just naive, I guess with allergies, I was like, why is she so excited about this? <laughs> but like, it all makes sense now and it's all coming together. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah. And I, I think that's honestly why I was so excited to talk to you both just because I think there's such an alignment on what you guys are doing and what we're trying to enforce through our foods as well. And um, being a mom and a wife of people to people who have food allergies, um, I think especially with our kids, really always towing that line between 
listening to their bodies and, um, and also, and being adventurous with food and, um, trying to fine tune the language behind that and really like taking the fear out of food. Um, I think one of the things we didn't realize, you know, again, just putting my mom hat on is it's a really clunky process, um, to figure out if people have, if your kids have food allergies, like, we can somehow we can transplant like a pig heart into a human and do these amazing things. But when it comes to food allergies, it's so barbaric. It's like, yeah, just give your kids these foods and see how they react. And as a mom, you know, that's terrifying. So like the first time we ever gave our now five and a half year old son peanut butter, um, I was in the lobby of children's hospital. (laughs) So, um, but I don't want him to be afraid of food. So it was like, oh, we're just stopping into this place for a few minutes. We're just going to have a snack um, and and do some people watching and then we can go about our day. That's so relatable. So my son is almost nine months old. And so I'm allergic to tree nuts and sesame. And I found this out when I was 21 years old in college by myself. I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. It's actually kind of funny. So I'll take like a minute. But I was eating Kashi cereal because I remember it specifically because I ate it every single day. And I was there for my senior year summer session. I did summer sessions every year of college. (laughs) I was there to, to get my degree. And I was alone in my apartment and I was eating this Kashi crunch cereal that had almonds and sesame in it. And I was eating it just like any other day. And there was this like mirrors across from me. I was sitting at our island and I just like noticed that my face like looked like weirdly red. And I was like, oh, I must be like nervous about whatever test I had to do, whatever. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, something's not right. Like my face is like getting bigger and like I'm having trouble breathing. And so like, what does 21 year old Jenna do? She calls her dad and her dad is in Rochester, New York. I was in Penn state and his like assistant answers the phone and I'm, she's like trying to talk to me. Like, how's the weather? I'm like, I need to talk to my dad right now. Like the words are not coming out. And he's like, Jenna, hang up the phone and call 911. And so I went right to like emergency services at the hospital. They stabbed me with an EpiPen. Like as I was walking in the door, like I came out of a cab, walking out of the cab, they like came to meet me and stabbed me with an EpiPen because I couldn't breathe. And, you know, I was eating that same food every single day. And it was just that one day that happened. So fast forward, I got tested and it came up as sesame and tree nuts and a bunch of other things. But the doctors at the time, so this is 15, 16 years ago, the doctors at the time were like, well, we don't know how allergic you are. So you can still maybe eat some of so like it was terrible advice by the way advice like and terrifying to me they're like you're not that alert like if there's food that is made in the same facility you'll be maybe okay and i'm like maybe like what does that mean so anyways there was all of that but it became a passion of mine and i started a food allergy awareness club in hoboken and learned all about just mom's struggling with their children with food allergies and your brand again was one that I used to walk them around the store and find specifically for them. So anyways, this is a really long winded story, but fast forward, I'm giving my kids 
the, the top nine now allergens for the first time. And the doctor's like, you need to be extra careful because you have food allergies and, you know, do it slowly, but do it often. And the new research, blah, blah, blah. So I like legitimately had a panic attack before the first time that I gave my son peanut butter, almond butter, all of these things. And now I have to wear gloves when I give him tree nuts because I'm like, I'm getting it's happy. so hard. it's so hard and it's so scary. So do you have any just insight on any of that research or, you know, why there's more food allergies in our years right now, or just anything about feeding kids with food allergies? We'd love to hear your expertise. So on this episode, we interviewed the owner of 88 Acres. She shares her story, but in a nutshell, girl meets boy, boy nearly dies on their fourth date, girl makes allergen-friendly bars inspired by her upbringing on an 88 Acres farm in Massachusetts and from real ingredients she found in her own kitchen, girl really likes boy, ends up marrying boy, then has a boy and a girl. The recipe creation of safe and delicious foods continues for their whole family and now everyone. They live happily, healthfully, and safely ever after. I love this little rendition of their story, Um, but you are going to absolutely love hearing this entire episode. And to try the magic yourself, you can head over to 88acres.com forward slash WTAF and use code WTAF for 15% off site-wide and let us know what you like best. Their products are absolutely delicious. I promise you, you are going to love them. Yeah, I think one of the difficult things is that the research has sort of flip-flopped over the years. So back when I was growing up and when my husband Rob was, was growing up, um, I think the recommendation was not to introduce any allergens before the age of four. And then all this new research came out and said, no, 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 actually, that's that's not true. We should be introducing allergens as early as six months. And maybe that's why there's been such an increase in the food allergy rate is because we haven't been exposing kids early enough. Um, I don't. I don't think I believe that. I think there's a lot of instances really similar to yours, Jenna, where um, people develop allergies late in life. It's something that they've always eaten that they're suddenly not able to. Um, I truly believe there's some sort of genetic factor. Like Rob has a severe peanut and tree nut allergy. Now our son is uh, has a severe allergy to tree nuts and sesame Um, And our daughter is allergic to sunflower seeds, but she can eat nuts. Like there's, there's definitely a genetic link. There's no way that they just all randomly have nut allergies um, or, you know, some seed allergies. So um, I think that our diets have become much more diverse as we've had access to more and more foods. And as the focus has uh, in the 80s and 90s, really became heavily focused on peanut and tree nut. All these alternatives started to pop up. So I just don't think that people had a lot of other, like maybe they're eating foods now that we just weren't very common for people to eat, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And, um, you know, I there's got to be something like environmental that is triggering this, like, in essence, it's a, an overactive immune response. Um, 
So I'm not a doctor. I have my own theories that are probably not medically founded. Um, but, um, you know, I think that like in some ways we're really lucky because there's been so much conversation now. Like if you were diagnosed celiac 20 years ago, I feel like that, that must have been really rough. Like there was very limited options for food. Everything was like potato starch and white rice flour and it was gross. Um, and there's so many options now. So, um, you know, in some ways it's, it's a lot more manageable now than it ever would have been in the past. Um, but for feeding kids with food allergies, like I think again, just kind of taking the fear out of eating and just realizing where your own comfort levels are. So when our son was born, I was really nervous to, um, we found out about his food allergies because I, I made him a pancake when he was six months old and it had eggs in it. Um, he had a severe reaction. His whole face turned red. He threw up everywhere. He was screaming. I was alone with him at the time. So I called my best friend who lived 10 minutes down the road and she came over and we, you know, we brought him to the pediatrician and that was when we found out that like he was allergic to eggs. Um, he also had the dairy sensitivity, um, and then we found out about the the sesame and the tree nuts at the same time. So it was, um, but I wanted to make sure that like my own anxiety wasn't affecting the foods that he that I was exposing him to. So I, I just I really I had these really honest conversations with his pediatrician, and she was lovely. And then we see a, an allergist at Children's for him um, and now, now his sister and um, any like anytime I'm too afraid to give him something, we just make arrangements like the peanut butter in the lobby of children's, or we set up specific food challenges. Um, and, uh, and then his Rob's parents and my parents don't have any food allergies. So if it's something that we're trying to, to include in the kids diets. Um, so like our daughter can have, nuts, but we would never have them in the house because of Emma and Rob's food allergies. So, um, when we, when Parker goes to visit her grandparents, um, you know, trying to give her peanut butter at that point. So let's, that's, thank you for sharing all of that. And I agree with your theories about the feeding and the flip-flopping of the research a hundred percent. Again, not a doctor here either, but it's definitely something that crossed my mind, but I want to switch gears because this episode will be airing like in the middle of the holidays, which can be very stressful for people with food allergies. And I love my family to death, but like every year someone's like, oh, you can have that. Like the pecan pie. I'm like, no, I really can't. (laughs) Like, you know, like people don't understand, right? Um, So navigating the holidays with food allergies, I'm sure is something that you are an expert on. And we would love to hear if you have any products in your repertoire that you specifically use in baking or recipes that you want to share or just any advice um, for any of our listeners that do have food allergies or family members or want to be more conscious about what is available um, on their spread for the upcoming holiday season. Yeah. I mean, holidays or any gatherings can always be tricky, especially when there aren't any other family members or friends who have that same allergy. So I think the first is really just around communication. Um, 
when uh, our son is start now starting to go to birthday parties and things like that. And so when we get the invite, I always reach out to the other family um, and offer to bring something of our own. If um, So usually when they know, they're like very careful, but it's just not even on their radar if their kids don't have a food allergy. Um, so I, I think, you know, whether it's, if, if we get invited to, you know, another couple's house for dinner, I always remind them of Rob's food allergies and offer to bring, um, to bring something or to suggest alternatives. Um, normally people are, uh, very cautious about not wanting to, to kill him (laughs) during dinner. So, uh, so they're always open to suggestions. Um, one of the things that we found when we, uh, when we launched our seed butters, for example, was just like the amount of education that goes into, um, into providing alternatives or suggesting alternatives to kind of classics and ways to make them, um, in a way that is, you know, safe for everybody around the table. Um, and so I did a lot of that type of cooking. Like, um, you know, if I was baking for a friend who, couldn't eat gluten for whatever reason, like how do I make the best oatmeal chocolate chip cookie that I possibly can that's gluten-free or, um, so when we launched our seed butters, people were like, Oh, like, what do I do with this? Um, and so we love to do a lot of recipe development and, um, share ideas on how to use something. So we post those on our website, um, and we try to include some of them on our packaging. Um, we post a lot of Instagram recipes and it could be as simple as like 10 ways to use pumpkin seed butter. Um, and, uh, it could be as complex as like, here's, you know, five amazing smoothies that you can make with ingredients that you probably already have in your freezer, um, that, uh, you know, have, pumpkin seed butter or have one of our seed butters in there. So then the last thing is whenever I bring a dish over or whenever we have people over, I'm, I try to find like a cute, fun way to share the ingredients or share like what allergens are in a particular dish. And it just conditions the people around me to be in tune with that. So if I make like an autumn slaw salad, I'll either, I'll put like a little, a little tent um, next to it that have like all the ingredients and it will say like GF for gluten-free NF for nut free. Um, and it just gets like, you know, all the people um, at that gathering kind of in tune with like, Oh yeah, we should be careful about this. I feel like I'm totally hogging the mic today, but <laughs> <laughs> something that just came to my mind. And obviously this is something that I feel super passionate about as well. And I'm just, honored to have this conversation with you. But I think to bring this back to intuitive eating, I think one of the things that really pops into my head and Sammy taught my husband this phrase and he says it all the time, like my plate, my business. Um, like, oh, I like that. He says it all the time and Sammy gets all the credit for that. But you know, when you have food allergies and I can imagine when you're a lot younger too, when you make the choice at a party that's more of like buffet style of what you're eating, right? Like when somebody comments on the food that you're eating, it's uncomfortable for many different reasons for a lot of people. And I think this really just comes back to like, 
when you have food allergies and you're making choices based on your safety and your preferences and somebody makes a comment, it could really be very triggering, especially if you are in recovery from an eating disorder, or disordered eating of any kind. And it really, you, I think what I'm really trying to say is you have no idea why somebody's making the choices that they are. And I think we all this holiday season need to live by Sammy's mantra of my plate, my business, and be very cognizant that you don't know what's going on in somebody's life, specifically their health. Yeah, I, um, and Sammy, I love that. And I'm, I'm going to shamelessly steal that and I'll give you credit for it every time. But uh, I don't know if I created it. So I feel horrible because <laughs> I know it's one of those things where like, I found it on Instagram, you know, you just read something and then you yeah. just, but whoever created it, let us know, but it is a great slogan. Yeah, I, um, I, I guess my feeling is like the more transparent and out there you can be about, you know, for us, for our family, the issue is food allergies, but you're, you're absolutely right, Jenna. Like it could be somebody who's recovering from an eating disorder or someone who is, you know, a picky eater for, for any reason Um, that when you, I feel like just by putting the information out there that it, uh, it eliminates the need to have like the uncomfortable conversation. So it's just like, here are the ingredients, here are the allergens that are present. Everybody can make their own choices, but um, there's definitely a stigma around, uh, around that, like that, that phrase picky eating. Like we've been out for, for dinner in restaurants and it's really fun when you're the waitress for our table. Cause we have like a laundry list of, ingredients that we can't have um and we've definitely been out before where like the server has kind of um made a face or like not like visibly eye rolled um because I'd probably have a lot to say about that but you can just tell when some people are like willing to bend over backwards and when some people kind of treat you like it's a preference and not a safety issue um and so we have taught our kids from a really early age. Like our son Emmett is amazing at every time you hand him food, he asks you the same question every time. Is this safe for me to eat or does this have sesame in it? Um, and, uh, and I'm super proud of him. He's like five and a half and he might not be wearing underwear that day, but he is like for sure asked you if he could eat that thing. Um, so I think it's just like empowering whoever the eater is um, with just sort of owning, like, you know, owning their, I don't want to call them restrictions, but like owning how they eat and being unapologetic for it. I love that. And I love how you keep coming back to the word safety. Like you said, it's not a preference. It's for your son's safety or whoever has the allergen. And I also love that you talked about like how you'll just put it out there and it kind of conditions your guests or people around you. I think of it again, that parallel to intuitive eating is you're planting seeds in people, right? Like they might not notice it, but the more they're exposed to you listing the allergens or it being there, then it kind of plants a seed and then they're kind of used to that. And that same thing with intuitive eating, when we use the language of intuitive eating and we don't use good or bad, heavy air quotes there, or it just conditions people. It's like, this is how we talk about food or this is how we view food and it kind of blends into their relationship with food as well. Um, But I also wanted to confirm that your seed butters are out of this world. So for all of our listeners, Jenna and I were 
fortunate enough to just send over a wish list uh, to Nicole. And we got these huge boxes just like full of 88 acres. I have not tried the pumpkin seed butter yet, but I did spread the vanilla sunflower seed butter on some pumpkin waffles this morning, which she has honey and blueberries. And it was freaking delicious. So that's dynamite. Absolutely love it. Um, so now that people's mouths are watering and they've heard all about 88 acres, if you could just tell our listeners, Nicole, where is the best place for them to go to find your product? So like physical locations, online stores and social media, where can they find all things 88 acres? Um, so you can get our full product offerings at 88acres.com. Um, and, uh, we're also available on Amazon. Uh, if you are one of those people who prefers to shop in person, then we're um, national in Whole Foods and Sprouts. Um, and then here uh, on the East Coast, uh, Wegmans and Market Basket and um, all kinds of places like that. So we're in about 4,000 stores. Um, and we have a store locator on our website uh, where you can put in your zip code and find where we're sold around you. Congratulations. I mean, since we met you many years ago to now, that's a huge growth. And we are confident that you're just going to keep growing because you're creating products that are absolutely delicious and safe for all pe- most people. Um, so thank you so much for all you do. I don't know if you said this already because I was just thinking about the granola, but your social media accounts, can you share what those are as well? Sure. So we're um, on Instagram. Uh, our handle is just at 88 acres. Uh, we are on Pinterest um, and TikTok. Uh, not really on Twitter. I think I'm not witty enough to be on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, but in Facebook, of course. Um, and uh, I would say that like our, our biggest social media presence is probably just on Instagram because we love to post pictures of stuff that we make or stuff that, um, you know, other people in our community make. And it's really exciting to trade those recipes back and forth. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. And everybody listening, once you try it, make sure you tag us all on social media and let us know what your favorite product is. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun.